0: Love, talk, radio.
1: It's time for the Hattit.com radio show. Hattit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hattit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this sixth day of March, 2019, we're here with our co-host today, Jay Basser, and uh, uh, Mr. John Dorley, the Junkyard Dog. He'll be our guest speaker today, and hope you all got your pens and papers ready, because uh, we're going to give out some good information,
2: let's hope.
0: How you doing today, John?
2: You guys, you know... I got to tell you, we're just trying to stay warm up here in Minnesota. It's, it's probably the <laughs> snowiest. Uh, it's just terrible. I mean, I, I sound like I'm complaining, and I am actually. But we, we got so much snow, and, and then Saturday we're supposed to get another foot, and then they're saying Wednesday another one's rolling in. And I'm just, I'm just oh, tired of this no. winter. It's a, it's a bad winter. But you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to complain too much because I'm, I'm healthy and I'm serving veterans and. And um ready to get at it. So if there's anyone out there listening, wanna call in, feel free.
0: Well, you know, every time I get the to feeling too warm, I put my T V on the weather channel and look up Minnesota. That cools me off real quick. Uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, it's a way of life. I, I wouldn't know any different. I think we just appreciate the uh, warm weather even more when we go through this, but
1: you know, I bet. <laughs> the love
2: it, snowmobilers love it, you know, so it's all it's all good.
1: John float yeah. looking for some certified agents <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: <laughs> well, guys, what do you want to talk about i know we uh you know we kicked her on a little bit about the uh, uh the new appeals process with the v it's all the rage it's In my career, it's probably the biggest change with the Veterans Administration that I've seen, and and they're trying to roll it out. But uh, what are your thoughts? You guys want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, let's do because they've they've more or less dropped the uh, or discontinued the RAP program, uh, but uh, but left two two different uh, options available for veterans. And I'm right. curious to see how all that works out. Uh, do you have much information on that?
2: Yeah, you know, as a claims agent and a fields agent, I think it's important that, uh, at least for me, that that I know it like the back of my hand. And 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 one of the things is, is just trying to comprehend the transition of of the rapid fuels modernization program, which, which came out in November of 2017. and and the uh, the full-fledged, what they call the Appeals Modernization Act, that became effective February 19th of 2019, just a couple weeks ago. Um, Essentially, with the RAMP, you you no longer can opt into the RAMP program. That ended uh, February 19th of 2019. In In fact, I think they extended it to approximately February 25th of 2019 to allow for postal service delivery, but... But but as of the 25th of uh, February, 2019, he is no longer uh, accepting any brand-new ramp offers. Any decision that's promulgated after uh, February 19th of 2019 is going to fall under the appeals program called the Appeals Modernization Act. And uh, try to stay with me because, I mean, this gets complicated, but... But uh, uh, the Appeals Modernization Act has, has three avenues you can pursue on appeal. You've got an SLR and a supplemental lane review, and that's basically you're telling the VA, I have new material evidence I want to present with my appeal, or I can identify new material evidence that the VA should get or, or wasn't previously considered. Um, and there's the HLR, the, the higher-level review, and that basically tells the VA, I have nothing more to submit, but, but I think that... If a decision review officer looks at my file who's never looked at my file before, we'll change, will have a different uh, opinion as, as compared to the last rating. Uh, and then, of course, you have the option, the third option, to, to appeal directly to the Board of Veterans Appeals in Washington, D.C. Um, and, and so that that's another option. And so where it gets really interesting is that uh, any decision that's made by any of those three entities uh, once the decision comes out, if it still continues to be fa- unfavorable, you then have another new one-year appeal window timeframe to appeal to it to the two other entities that that that, that, you, that didn't side on it before. So, for example, if if, if you appeal to a higher-level review and the higher level comes back and denies it, and you have a year to appeal to the Board of Veterans Appeals, and if the Board of Veterans Appeals denies it you can actually appeal back to the supplemental lane review if you have new and material evidence. So now if you follow that there's gonna be a quiz at the end of the day so for everyone to, to kinda of sharpen the pencils because i I mean it does get complicated, but but I feel like I have a pretty good handle on it.
0: Uh,
2: it, it already <laughs>
0: sounding complicated to me. Yeah.
2: So I, I think so just, just to kind of simplify it, guys, any appeal that comes out today and from now on, your, your options, uh, excuse me, any decision that comes out from today and now on or came out February 19th of this year from now on, uh, you, you are obligated to appeal. If you want to appeal, it has to be under the AMA, the Appeals Modernization Act. You can no longer appeal into the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, also known as, as RAM.
0: Uh, my lands.
2: <laughs> so
0: even if if you're in there John, with uh, have a appeal, outstanding appeal uh, that you're waiting to get settled for what it, you know, uh, and they deny it, then you have to come back in under this new
2: program, right? Yeah, if they deny it after that February nineteenth date and you have to come under the new program. Where, where again, huh. interesting, though, Gerald, is uh, a couple of weird scenarios. Let's say you never opted into the RAMP program prior to February 19th, 2019, yeah. okay? Uh, once that February 19th date hits, if you never opted into the RAMP program, you can no longer opt into the Appeals Modernization Act and let – until you get a statement of case or, or what's called a supplemental statement of case. Now, this is assuming you already had an appeal on hand. Yeah. Uh, yes. so, yes. Okay. So, if I got a decision back in October of 2018, I filed a notice of disagreement in December of 2018, uh, and, and, and I haven't opted into the RAMP program, I, and now it's today, I, and I still haven't opted into the RAMP program. Uh, I'm going to have to wait until I get uh, a decision under the old legacy process called a statement of case. The legacy appeals process would have provided a statement of case. But once you get that statement of case from the VA or a supplemental statement of case, then you can opt into the Appeals Modernization Act. Um, Another scenario is that uh, um, let's let's say that uh, uh, you did opt into a RAMP program prior to February 19th of 2018, or excuse me, 2019. And uh, uh, you get a decision uh, under the RAND program, you can then opt in to the appeals management uh, action, the AMA program. You can do that. So it, it gets a bit complicated, but but there's a number of scenarios that, that can present itself. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, you really need to get in contact with someone such as myself or a national service officer or, or an attorney or an agent such as myself, like I said, if if, if you're going to go ahead and and uh, continue your appeals. Because uh, although the new program is supposed to be simplified, it, it isn't quite as simple as it sounds.
0: Uh, therefore, <laughs> if you get denied and uh, you have to come back in they issue you a statement of case, for instance, and... Uh, okay. Then you, uh, evidently, it's uh, quite important to submit new new evidence. You'd have to get a a new doctor to write a IMO or something for you. Would that that would open the door back up, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, that's that's always the case, Gerald. Anytime you you get a denial by the Veterans Administration, whether it's in the initial stages or or somewhere down the road, if you can produce any type of new and material evidence. In fact, the VA doesn't like to use the term new material evidence anymore. They call it new and relevant evidence. So I have to get used to saying that. So you want to you want to secure new and relevant evidence on okay. um, any decision that you get from the VA. Um, the, the old the old legacy appeals process before they even had the ramp and the AMA program, um, you know that's technically still going on. I mean, there 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 are veterans out there that never opted in to the ramp program but they but they had an appeal pending prior to that. Yes, and, I uh, am
0: one of them. Uh, they
2: they tried
0: and tried and tried to get me to go into the ramp program and after mm-hmm. I read the paperwork I I elect you know, I decided not to get involved. I just leave my claim in the regular appeals process.
2: Well, and, and, and we've talked about this situation before, but you know, in, in those situations uh, where where your appeal is so far down the road that it's made a trip to the Board of Veterans Appeals, it's made a trip to maybe the Court of Veterans Appeals, it's made a trip to other regional offices, it, it doesn't make sense to opt into... The Appeals Modernization Act is you're almost kind of starting over and reinventing the wheel because you appeal into the AMA, the Appeals Modernization Act, you have to select one of three avenues. either yes. the supplemental lane review, the higher level review, uh, or the, uh, the Board of Veterans Appeals. Um, and and, and, and most, really. Uh,
0: you know, and most I, veterans are not really clear as the function of each separate category is and uh uh rather than try to get myself schooled on it I I decided to to leave mine where it was because uh like I said before, anything new from the BA it kinda, kinda scares me. <laughs> you wanna you wanna sit back until it's proven up.
2: Well i and I think in your case, Gerald, uh I think the uh Appeals Modernization Act is, is has cleared the waters enough where you have a better idea of what your options are. I think what you'd want to ask yourself is is what's the expected time frame for a decision on your current claim? And I think, you know, given given other other criteria, uh if there's a health issue, age issue, whatever, you can have your claims expedited, but if you don't fall into that category uh and and uh you're mired in the legacy appeals process and, and the average turnaround time is X number of years or X number of months, uh, you could get a quicker decision under uh, the higher level review, which, which is, again, basically saying under the higher level review, uh, you have no new material evidence to submit. You simply believe that the evidence in your VA claims file is persuasive enough for uh, a draw or a decision review officer to look at it and say, yeah, I'm going to grant this thing. Um, you always have a fallback, though. If, if a draw under a higher level review says no, uh, you, you can appeal it to the Board of Veterans Appeals, and, and oftentimes the Board of Veterans Appeals is much less limited on, on, on what they can do. Uh, they have a lot more discretion, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, if the Board of Veterans Appeals denies it, you can always come up with movements material evidence and, and, and try to win it under a supplemental lane review. So, yeah, I mean, it. what I like about the Appeals Modernization Act is you get into that cycle of, of getting a lot of swings at the plate, whether it's under the supplemental lane review or the higher-level review or the Board of Veterans Appeals. Anytime you get a decision at one of those avenues, you can that opens up another one-year window to present evidence or or argue your claim and still protect the original date of claim. And I'm not not singing the praises of of this program. It just simply is a situation where a lot of the cases I have benefit from it. What's kind of nice about it under this Appeals Modernization Act um, is, is that if you opt into one of the three levels, uh, let's say you opt into a higher-level review, you don't think you have any new material evidence. Well, you're not locked into that. If, if you come up with some new material evidence or new and relevant evidence I need to get used to saying that, uh, you, can, you can opt into the supplemental lane review. So, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility with the Appeals Modernization Act as compared to the old legacy appeals process. Under the old program, you, you get a decision, you file a notice of disagreement, Uh, you get a statement of case, you have a certain time period to appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. If the Board of Veterans' Appeals denies it, uh, in most cases your only option is going to be the Court of Veterans' Appeals. So, I mean, you don't get a whole lot of swings at the plate under the old legacy appeals process. But at least under the new program, uh, there's a lot more options for you, I think.
0: Now the the VA uh, still has the duty to assist, don't they?
2: Yeah, um, if if under the Appeals Modernization Act uh, uh, they define that there is a a violation of the duty to assist, uh, it, it can be taken up uh, with with that program. For example, uh, if you opt into a, a higher level review. Um, Again, with no new material evidence, but you want a DRO or DRO to look at it under the higher-level review. Um, And and the the DRO under the higher-level review says uh, that the rater failed to assist the veterans. For example, let's say um, there was a compensation exam that should have been conducted and wasn't. So that's a failure of the duty to assist under the Veterans Claims Assistance Act. So the higher-level review decision-review officer can mandate that it be put back into the supplemental level review or supplemental lane review, and, and mandate a compensation exam for an opinion or, or an exam and an opinion. Um, so yeah, Gerald, the duty to assist does apply. Uh, where it doesn't apply uh, is the Board of Veterans Appeals is exempt uh, in, in in certain circumstances in in the duty to assist. Now the Board of Veterans Appeals still can can entertain the fact that the lower regional office failed in their duty to assist, they can still push that. My understanding is the board of veterans appeals themselves do not have a duty to assist. obligation. I've never been too worried about that. As far as I'm concerned, I've never had a situation where I had to rely on the board of veterans appeals to assist my client or assist me. Uh, You know, if, if you're, if you're a good service officer, um, you're not going to need that duty to assist in the board of elections and That That's just my opinion anyway, um, so. Well, that sounds right,
0: and there should not, you know, that situation really shouldn't come up, but I know it does, because it's, mine's been remanded several times because of, of that, and uh, that and mm-hmm. other things, but yeah. It does come up and uh, on some veterans. Now, with the older, with the original claim process, now the newer claim process may be totally different. I don't know.
2: It, you know, it it is very different. Um, I don't think there's always going to be a perfect system as we go. I, I know that the, the old legacy appeals process was... Very archaic, uh, very structured, very regimented, and didn't leave a lot of flexibility. And, and, uh, and, and the worst thing was the time delay. From the time you file a notice of disagreement under the old appeals process uh, setting upon the regional office that was assigned it, you were waiting at least two to three years for a decision. If it yes, went to the right. Board of Veterans' Appeals, you were waiting probably five to seven years if it went to the Board of Veterans' Right you gotta, you got to twist and turn it just right. But, right, but it's quite possible that if you have a, a, a good appeal, by, by a good appeal I mean you have good new material evidence or you have identified some sort of violation of the law by the uh, rating specialist, uh, you can usually turn those things around right away. In fact, I was just talking to you guys earlier on the radio um, before we went on, um, I, I have the ability to 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 contact management of various VA regional offices, and, and and I mean you have to be respectful. You have to pick and choose on on, on what battles you fight. But um, I, I know there are times when I've identified decisions that are so clearly erroneous. I, I mean they're clear, clear they're clear, unmistakable errors. But but I don't go that route because I mean that's a whole ball of wax that you don't have to file. Uh, if you're still within the time period uh, time frame to appeal, you don't have to file a queue but my point being is, is that uh, there have been plenty of times in fact this morning i, I was working with the assistant director of the National Tennessee VA regional office and I, and I explained you know this is what we got you know I can file a queue clear and unmistakable there i can we can drag this thing out for many months on end or or you can have one of your coaches take a look at it and at least, at least you know listen to what I got to say and and they turned it around right on the right on the right on the spot. Because I mean, well, uh, that, you pick You know, and that saved
0: a lot of time, though, John.
2: You really um, did. It did. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, so we we have advocates that have access to uh, different phone numbers of, of assistant directors and directors and and the heavy hitters with the VA. Um, or the emails, um, if you use them judiciously, don't abuse, if you don't abuse it, and you, you don't. You're not the boy that cried wolf all the time. They're going to take you serious, and they know when you call, uh, it's going to be because you have a very legitimate issue. It's not an appeal that that you're complaining about just because. It's because of violation A, B, C, and D, and more often than not, I can get uh, a, a DRO or a coach or somebody to say, yeah. You know, no problem. We'll take a look at it, and, and uh, if, if what you're saying is true, it's something we could turn around. Um, so, yeah, those things kind of work out. So that's, I guess the point I'm making, guys, is, is that's the type of flexibility that that if you approach the VA the right way, you can get um, rather than go through, through the uh, old process of uh, filing the notice of disagreement and waiting for the statement of case and going through the Legacy appeals process. Uh, that, that's still the case with the legacy. If you go that route, but if you go with the Appeals Modernization Act, uh, you got a lot more flexibility. You got, got a lot more swings at the plate to try to win these things. And and, uh, and in those cases where you get stuck and and, and you can't go anywhere, um, like I said, there's there's always those people you can call at the regional offices that that. Uh, they'll take a look at the case. And, and if it's if it's an error on their part, they want to fix it. Hey, trust me, when they get audited and, and when they get, uh, you know, reviewed by the inspector general, uh, they get slapped pretty hard when they start seeing different clear and unmistakable errors and remands by the Board of Actions Appeals. So uh, my experience has been if they can avoid that, they will. And, and I've actually had them thank me for it. Not trying to pat myself on the back, but, but you know, it, it, if you work, in concert with the VA regional office, the real winner is the veteran, the claimant. Yeah, so that's, that's absolutely. Really, that's really what we're trying to do
0: here. Now you have BBMS capabilities, don't
2: you? Uh, yep, I've had that for about three years now, and, it, and it, it it it's just it's a godsend for me because
0: I believe you that, don't know, Yes.
2: Yeah, you, you don't know what you don't know. That's one of my favorite things saying. And before I got BBMS capability. Um, you know, I, I thought I, I still had it made. But I tell you, when, when you have VBMS, and, and for those listeners out there that uh, VBMS stands for Veterans Benefits Management System, it, it, it's an online tool that attorneys and agents can access through their VA regional office. You've got to get accredited. You've got to get certified. You've got to go through some hoops. You get background check and the whole thing. But I, I can sit right at my office at home and I can I can pull up VBMS and any any veteran I have a power of attorney for, I can get right into their file. In fact, I've got a, a system that's set up where any time a decision is made, it populates into my VBMS uh, uh, website. So I know in real time when a decision is made.
0: You know, that's, to me that's critical. Without that capability, I don't know how you can... Say you you can successfully represent a veteran. I, I know you know there's instances that people swept by without it, but to be right on target, you really need that capability.
2: I believe to be effective, you do. To be 100% effective, you really do. And to be a, a cut above the rest as far as advocates, a I really believe you do as well. Um, I, I know that oftentimes veterans will call me that I don't necessarily represent, and they might be interviewing me and you know finding out what I'm all about and 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 determining whether they want to uh, retain me or or go with me. And you know I I always make it clear to them you know if you have a power of attorney, if it's an agent, if it's an attorney. Um, you know, stick with them as best you can. I mean, if they if they really aren't doing the job for you, then, then I'd entertain taking over. But 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 a lot of times the veteran just needs to be patient and wait it out and 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 see what happens from there. But one of the things I always tell my clients is that you know, do they have VBMS? And well, no, what's VBMS? And I explain it to them, and and they, and they say, uh, well, let me talk to my attorney. Will they get back with me? And uh, there, you'd be surprised how many attorneys and agents and, out there don't have VVMS. What they basically do is they put in a, a Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request to the VA, uh, and, and they might get the claims file in six months. So <laughs> my, a lot of people will call me and say, well, yeah, my attorney's still waiting for the claims file. And I'm like, well, why? All they have to do is get VVMS, and, and, and the claims file is right there on their PC. So, I mean, I I, 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 yeah, I don't pass judgment on anyone. I try not to. But as far as I'm concerned, if, if you're an advocate out there, and I'm not even talking about attorneys or agents, I'm talking about national service officers, state service officers, county veteran service officers, if you don't have EBMS, uh, you're selling your clients short, that's for sure. I um, believe that I,
0: wholeheartedly, yeah.
2: I, I can speak for Minnesota, you know, I... I have the utmost respect for the advocates in Minnesota on a county veteran level and a a national service officer level. You know, when I left left county service, we didn't have BBMS. It wasn't such a thing. And then uh, my understanding is that every county veteran service officer in the state of Minnesota now has BBMS. I think that's that's a wonderful thing. And I I don't know that all states can say that.
0: No, I don't believe they can. Uh, And as it's such an important tool. If you don't know in real time what is going on with your claim, you're working in the dark.
2: What's neat about VBMS, too, Gerald, is that it's got a number of other identifiers. So anytime a veterans employee makes notes into the VA claims file, I can see those notes. I can see really what they're doing and where they're leaning. And so oftentimes you get if you're experienced in the VA claims process you see these notes you can tell where an adjudicator is 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 leading as far as development and if something doesn't seem right uh, you, you you can kind of make a mental note to kind of keep watching those notes because a lot of times those notes will change and go back and forth but but uh, uh, you know oftentimes you'll you'll see uh, uh, Rating specialists make notes that would indicate maybe not uh, uh, all claims are being considered or, or, or maybe a veteran opted into the RAMP program and there's no evidence that the V is developing for RAMP. So, you know, you get 60, 90 days go by and there's still no evidence that they're developing a RAMP claim or, or the new appeals modernization claim. I can email the assistant director or the director and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just monitoring this, and it doesn't look like your regional office is identifying uh, that my client has filed the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program. Um, I'm afraid it fell through the cracks. Would you look into that? So they, they get on those right away. So that, that, that's what's nice about BBMS is you can monitor those things. And without BBMS,
1: you
2: know, how are you supposed to know if, if your claims are being developed properly?
0: Well, you don't, and that has cost a lot of veterans dearly. I'll tell you that. Uh, so it's it's a such a valuable tool. Anyone representing veterans should should utilize it. Really, it's not that hard to get certified to, to be able to use it.
2: Well, it. You know, it, it's an interesting interesting thing, Gerald. If you go to the Office of General Counsel website, that's where I found out that you could get this I wasn't even aware you could get it. When I, when I first got certified with the Office of General Counsel in Washington, D.C., uh, there, there was really no mention of it in, in written format, but if you go online, it talks about the ability to to tap into uh, a VA claims file via remote access, they call it DBMS. And so I contacted my VA regional office here in St. and. I think I was the first one that ever approached them for it. They didn't really know what to do. So it took me longer to get get going on that than, than normal, and, and finally I kept pushing it and pushing it. And Fortunately, I have some contacts at the St. Paul the Regional Office uh, that, that can move and shake because so I've been out there. I've uh, worked in this area for so long, and and uh, they were able to, uh, you know, it's a background process. They fingerprint, you know, they want to make sure you're not, a terrorist or something to that effect, I suppose, or a known felon. And so you pass all that, they give you a credential. I've got a federal ID card and I've got a, it's called a CAG card. And I, I just poke it right into my PC and I go through the process of, of, of well, I won't go into all the detail, but let's just put it this way I, I have a, an identification card and I can get into it every day I want. So
0: I think it's an excellent tool and uh it it cuts down on the claims process time considerably uh, and uh, that's that's important to a lot of veterans.
2: Well, yeah, especially if they're living on fixed income I mean, most of my clients are they are living check to check. And, uh, and, and it, it really helps them and their family and their kids to, to, to ease that burden and get compensated sooner than later. Um, now, of course, if, if you have a financial hardship that you can back up with, threat of foreclosure, or homelessness, or you have a you know, serious terminal illness or something to that effect, the VA is obligated by law to expedite those claims, or, or if you're a certain age, or the VA is obligated to expedite those types of claims. But if you don't fall into those categories as an advocate, you, you can sure shave off a number of months if, if the claims develop properly, and uh, and developing it through the tools like BBMS is important and having those connections at the different VA regional offices. You know, what's neat is, is you know, I worked for many, many years at the St. Paul VA regional office uh, working with those people, and they're great people to work with, and you know, I had a little bit of some doings with the Midwestern regional offices when I work locally, but now that I've gone national, um, I, I've worked with probably almost every VA regional office and made some good contacts out there. And, and it, you know, believe it or not, folks, there's some really good, well-meaning people uh, on the VA side that that want to do right. Um, but there's that there's those few apples that ruin the cart and, and give everyone a bad name. But uh, um, uh, I'll never be an apologist for the VA. I think it can always be better. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, uh, there's a lot of flexibility there that I find encouraging.
0: There are some good people work for the VA. I know that. Uh, and I've talked to some of them, and I've talked to some that uh, I wish I hadn't. But I uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> imagine man, everyone has. There, there's so much accountability out there, Gerald. I mean, it's, it's not like the old VA where people could tell you to just take a hike and, and if you don't like it too bad, if you don't like it, I'll bury your file. I mean, I, I was around those days. Uh, but, but there is just so much accountability. Uh, there's such a hierarchy with each regional office. You have the veteran service center manager. You've got coaches. You've got decision review officers. You've got a veteran service rating specialist. And above them, you've got the assistant directors, and then you've got the directors, and then those directors answer to the undersecretary. The undersecretary answers to the secretary, and of course, the secretary answers to the president. So, um, it, it's a chain of command that we all learned in the military. And I always said to, to my clients, "I'm not afraid of using the chain of command. Let's let the system work, and, and if it's not working for us, we use that chain of command and go right up, right up the chain." Yes.
0: Yeah. As well, you should you know if you're not getting satisfaction, you should move up the chain of command. that's the reason for the chain of command um but uh all in all if you you get decent people you're dealing with uh most of them will you know try to do you right if they can.
2: Right. Sometimes to tell their hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think you know, thinking about the way I tried to explain the ramp program and the Fields Modernization Act, it, it is confusing. And, and and the way I explained it earlier would would probably serve to only confuse people more. And, and I think you know, thinking about simplifying it and trying to explain it to someone, I, I just would tell a client. Uh, if you try to figure it out on your own, uh, you go into websites, you go into blogs, you go into high-priced attorney firms that try to explain it, You know that's just scratching the surface. Uh, what, what you really want to do is, is interview advocates, interview me, interview National Service officers, and start talking about the key buzzwords, Appeals Modernization Act, Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, VBMS. you have VBMS? Uh, Those are some of the things that if they look like the deer in the headlights, you don't want to probably go with them. uh, Uh, That's right.
0: I would be cautious of using anyone uh, that didn't have VBMS uh, capabilities. Uh, It's just mandatory in this day and age because Things move so fast, and if you're not up to real time on your your claim, the functioning of your claim process, you can be in trouble very quickly.
2: I can see a rating decision today that in in normal time, a client wouldn't see for maybe four weeks. Um, and a lot of that has to do with on a BBMS, they'll post the rating decision they still have to do what's called a promulgation of the rating decision, meaning they have to do the award letter because technically uh, the decision is not written and until it's been promulgated with an award letter. So for the, from the time you get a rating decision posted to BBMS to the time the award letter comes out, it sometimes can be two, three, four weeks. What's nice is, especially if a, if a veteran is, is is desperately waiting for a decision, you can give them good news sooner, sooner than later because 99.9% of the time, when you see a rating decision posted to VBMS, it, it's going to follow with a, a, an award promulgation. It, it's rare that uh, the rating rates a certain disability uh, positively, uh, and then they come back and take it away. I have never, I have not seen that yet. I just haven't. Uh, so it's nice that I can look at the rating decision, and call a veteran and say, hey, this isn't written in stone yet, but this is what I'm seeing. You're going to get 100% permanent total with dependent educational assistance, but don't counter chickens before they're hatched until the award letter comes out. And, and just them knowing that uh, makes them sleep a lot better. I mean, it just it just relieves such a level of anxiety. So that's 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 kind of what's nice about BBMS as well. Well, it is, yeah. I'm a
0: firm believer in it for sure, and uh, right. <clears throat> but I have another question here. It's kind of off topic a little bit, but I wanted to to bring this out too. Uh, as you know, the Blue Water Navy got a ruling uh, that where they had the uh, Vietnam Service Medal. Uh, they could be entitled to uh, uh, compensation uh, due to their ailments or whatever uh, based on uh, exposure to Agent Orange. Now, if a spouse of a veteran that died several years back finds this out and says, Oh, look uh perhaps my husband, you know, and, and and their husband did have a a Vietnam service medal, uh and in the uh possibly in the Blue Water Navy, uh, could dispouse uh Paula claim and follow up with it. I, I know this is a new law but uh, and probably mm-hmm. still some some glitches in it that need to be worked out. Um, right. But the spouse should go ahead and file a claim, shouldn't
2: they? Yep. Yep. So so what what you're talking about, Gerald, is 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 a law. Uh, well, I shouldn't even say a law. It's it's a decision that was uh, uh, promulgated out of the uh, Court of Veterans Appeals
0: not yes. too
2: long ago. I want to say about a month or two ago. I believe it's Procopio v. Wilkie is is the, uh, uh, you can Google that, Procopio v. Wilkie. Wilkie is the current Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs, and Procopio uh, was a blue water veteran. And, and basically, yes. Procopio uh, never set foot on land, never was a brown water veteran, was a blue water veteran as defined by... Uh, what the VA determines is blue water veterans off the coast of Vietnam, and he he had a particular uh, disease that, under normal circumstances, would be service connected if he was uh, a brown water veteran or on land. Let's say, for example, it was lung cancer or something to that effect. Well, he he was successful in getting the Court of Veterans Appeals to determine that as a blue water veteran, he was presumed to be exposed to Agent Orange, and therefore. Any disease that's presumptive Agent Orange, he uh, could potentially be compensated for. Now, of course, the court uh, rules in his favor, and, and then it would it would mitigate down to the Board of Veterans Appeals, and the Board of Veterans Appeals would would determine what to do on that, and likely remand it back to the regional office and via regional office for a decision. And and so, what you're referring to, Gerald, is. Is is My understanding is is unless the Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs appeals that decision, I think you've got a certain time period to appeal it. But if if Mr. Wilkie does not appeal that decision, uh, it would be considered a a precedent law decision. That means any Blue Water veteran uh, is now presumed to be exposed to Agent Orange. And any disease that they acquire, that's presumptive to Agent Orange would be, potentially be compensable. And so, Gerald, what you're talking about is let's say that veteran died. Yes. Let's, say he died of lung, let's say he died of lung cancer in, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, and he wasn't service-connected for lung cancer. And so what we we're looking at is, is the potential of, of that widow being eligible for a program called DIC or Dependency and Indemnity Compensation, which basically states that if, if your husband died due to or, or as a result of uh, a disability uh, that, that would have been presumptive to Agent Orange, that widow would then come in and file the DIC claim and say, my husband died 10 years ago due to lung cancer. Lung cancer is a presumptive disability uh, to Agent Orange. Therefore, I should be entitled to dependency and indemnity compensation. So, so yeah, uh, the widow should apply. I would expect her to be uh, entitled to the benefit. I would expect her to be eligible for service-connected burial allowance if she can uh, provide the papers of the cost of the burial. Um, I would even venture to say that uh, she may be entitled to uh, uh, you know, life insurance benefits. And, and I can't remember the term that they use, but uh, it's, it's kind uh, of a benefit yeah. of life
0: SHAMPA BA or something there.
2: Well, that's a different program, but, but 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 yeah, there's a program where you can actually apply for life insurance after the fact. The argument would be, uh, if not for the change, if not, if not for the law at the time, and the law being the way it is now, my husband would have been eligible to apply for what's called service disabled veterans life insurance. And and, oh, that's and there's, true. there's a. That's true. A couple of ways you can go about doing that, I mean, there's a lot of argument as to whether that would be an eligible program or not. But I've been successful on that in the past, uh, and you know, getting getting the widow an extra ten thousand dollar life insurance policy. Yeah, that's meaningful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, possibility.
1: So, but, uh, what yeah, about retro? Right? Would it be
0: would it be possible for the widow uh, the widow to get uh, retro?
2: anything's possible with the VA, you can try. Um, I, I think what the VA is going to do is is, is uh, establish the date of claim as uh, it, either the day that the uh, application was filed, which is VA Form 21-534, or, or if there's any retro, uh, they could make it effective uh, the day that the law was passed, uh, Procopio v. Wilkie. Uh, okay. Uh, assuming, assuming that the widow... Had possibly already filed for DIC in the past. Um, so, so let's say that the the widow had a husband, a blue water veteran, passed away. Uh, she saw she saw foresight. She saw the she she had enough foresight to say, uh, I'm going to file for DIC even though my husband is probably not eligible. I'm going to file for it. So I think that he should be entitled to it. Plus, if the law changes, I might be able to establish the earlier effective date. Well. Let's say she filed four years ago. Her husband had passed away, and she, got, she, she filed four years ago as a Blue Water veteran.
1: She got yeah. denied.
2: And she said, okay. Well, now the law's changed. Procopio has come about, and, and therefore, the, uh, uh, if it's not appealed, it, it could become a precedent law. The widow could come in and reopen her DIC claim, uh, get on DIC and, and claim an effective date back to when she filed for DIC in the past. So that, that's yes. a possibility. It's going to depend upon how the law is written. Um, uh, there has been cases before with the VA uh, on presumptive issues with uh, uh, diabetes is a big one, uh, where uh, many veterans had filed for diabetes many years ago before diabetes was listed as presumptive, uh, and they came in after the fact when diabetes was added. And and what we're finding uh, the way the law is written, they can claim retroactive benefits for for diabetes or or, or other presumptive newly added uh agent orange disabilities retroactively back to when they originally filed. But but usually usually Gerald you're gonna have to show that there had been an application in the past to to qualify for any retroactive benefits.
0: Right, I understand. Uh so if they just file recently then they could go back to their the date that they originally filed or when it became a law.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah that that's a good way to it, say it. Usually,
0: usually they, they go origins. back a year, I think,
1: but. Actually, they're inviting upon the to try to reopen. What's that? They're inviting they're inviting victims to reopen the claims or to resubmit if they uh, were denied due to the distance factors of certain issues. Yes, yeah. they are. Unfortunately, and unfortunately, many veterans have passed away and they had already filed a claim and got denied. Now, there, there might be some recourse there for the spouses, you know, if, uh, if they die from the uh, presumptive condition, you know, they might get, uh, they might receive, uh, what do you call it, uh, they might receive his retroactive benefits. That'd be a the good Widow or
2: widower can apply as a substitute. Yeah. The widow or widower can apply as a substitute if the veteran yeah. passes away. You know, much like uh um, you know Estelle Haus, who who you know who he is, John. So that, that was a situation where we were able to file for a crew benefit. So so basically if a veteran passes away while he claims pending uh, if he's married, then, then the widow can take over on a substitute claim. But where it gets interesting, though, is, is if the, uh, under this uh, Agent Orange Procopio, the Wilkie decision, if, if the veteran had filed a claim in the past as a Blue Water veteran, he passes away uh, and, and the widow never remarried, because that gets a little sticky too when they remarry. But, but let's assume mm-hmm. she didn't remarry. Um, she could come in and not only claim dependency and indemnity compensation based on the fact her husband died due to an Asian orange related illness, but, but could also uh, claim retroactively uh, back to when a veteran filed for the claim, but was denied because uh, Agent orange wasn't wasn't recognized. So that I mean that's a possibility, but that's all going to depend upon mm-hmm. the way the law is written. So so you know, contact your legislators because it. It's important how that law is written. It, it's going to be nice if we get Procopio to pass without any appeals and get those blue water veterans added. but, but uh, effective dates are really going to come into play, especially if, if claims had been filed in the past. So that that's where you really want to make sure legislatures when uh, l- legislators when they write that law, they word it in a specific way that will afford for uh, potential retroactive benefits uh, prior to the enactment of the law, which is always a possibility, all predicated on the fact that they had a claim had been filed before but, but denied.
0: Well, it sounds I'm like sure uh, something. Anyway, uh, you know, we wanted to put it out there where uh, everyone that's a widow or a widower... Uh, uh, could file a claim uh, if their spouse uh, died of an in Orange uh, or was involved with the Blue Water Navy or had the uh, Vietnam Service Medal and uh, well, at least it gives them a chance uh, you know uh, there's a possibility of them uh, getting DIC or and who knows what else you know, like you said, some life insurance
2: money. Well, and, and DIC carries a lot of benefits. You can get CHAMP VA health insurance, which you, you talked about CHAMP VA a little bit before. So uh, that's a benefit that can come along with DIC. Uh, and, 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 you know, each state has their own little package of, of VA benefits as well on a state level. And, and so uh, yep. uh, depending upon the state you live in, we'll determine if there's any additional Benef- benefits you get on the state level over and above the federal level. So, so pe- for people who are listening out there, and I know you guys know that, you guys know this, but you want to check, check with your state Department of Veterans Affairs and, and just inquire what kind of benefits are, are eligible. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of benefits for, for uh, I know the state of Minnesota has a pretty good benefit for a uh, uh, break on property taxes. I know there's a lot of states that have great educational benefits for, for dependents uh, Illinois and California, and I think even Texas are really good about that. Um, okay. So, uh, um, yeah. You know, if you, if you're good at dodging
1: tornadoes, and you're 100. percent It's always best to move to the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> <There they go>. <laughs> <laughs> that state's got the best. That's got the best bathroom benefit benefits. I mean, they give you a card. You don't even pay sales tax.
2: Some states are good. Uh, you know, some states are. You know, I think they all have their own package, and and some states are better than others. So, um, I wanted to
1: state that court case was kind of a godsend when it came out because uh, it actually put a, it put the brakes on another movement that was going that was going through the Congress at the time, which was uh, the Blue Water Navy bill that was going to take. Uh, charge veterans' fees for getting home loans and things like that in order to pay for it. So I think that this is a godsend.
0: Yes, it was.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: We'll see what happens. Um, Like I said on my last show, I'll be surprised if uh, um, Secretary Wilkie doesn't try to appeal that. I I think he's still weighing his options. I, I, I don't know what the window is on what time frame he has to appeal that. Um, I haven't had the time to research that, but, uh, um, I hope he doesn't, but, uh, I know in the past, he and his undersecretary, um, have had concerns about including Blue Water veterans and the cost, and, and so they, they say they're not necessarily against it, but but the cost would be astronomical, and they don't know how it's going to be paid because their budget's only a certain level, and, and, uh. Uh, if they have to pay compensation for Blue Water veterans and their widows, uh, wh- where's that going to hit hard? Is that going to hit some other veterans groups hard? So, um, I, I'm for it uh, for everyone, but but you know, unless unless the Congress appropriates more money for the Department of Veterans Affairs, it, it's going to be a, a very expensive benefit. I think. Yeah. Uh, you're probably right on, there. It depends but on what like
1: coalition what did you
0: say, John?
1: It depends on what court the decision came out of. If it was the Eastern District or whatever, if it was district, you know, they could appeal it to the next, the circuit level. I'd put it in uh, probably the Ninth or the Seventh Circuit or whatever it is, and if they appeal it. But, uh, oh yeah, it's a Ninth Circuit. Uh, if it's a Ninth, yeah.
2: I think Secretary Wilkie, if he if he has the mind to, he can he can draw this out for a long time. Or it's not a precedent law um, and I don't know all the the wiggle and waggle of all the of, of all the uh, events that has to occur to, to have it finalized but uh, uh, yeah secretary Wilkie is is certainly uh, obliged to consider appealing it and if he does decide to appeal it uh, he can drag it out for a while but I, but I think on the other end veterans organizations are going to put a lot of pressure on these courts to to advance those cases on the docket, and mm-hmm. and I expect uh, Procopio the Wilkie to move really quick, and and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's heard by the Supreme Court eventually, um, if 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 the if uh, Secretary Wilkie decides to uh, appeal that. Now I I may have all that wrong. I, I don't think so, but that that's my understanding of how the appeals process mm-hmm. works with decisions by the Court of Veterans Appeals. There's a time period where Secretary has the option to to appeal it because really Wilkie lost in this case. Secretary Wilkie lost in this case, so he has a certain time period to appeal that. And, and yeah. uh, uh, to my knowledge, he hasn't appealed it yet. Unless you guys heard something, but I don't think he has yet.
1: If it go if it goes to a certain level of court, like maybe the Ninth Circuit or something like that, I'm sure the veteran's going to win pretty much hands down. 'Cause any yeah. anybody that's got somebody's name stamped on their job as an appointee is always gonna lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I,
2: I, I think that's uh I think you're right. <laughs> I do. Um But but yeah, Procopio. That's a weird name, but uh an interesting name, but but it's easy to remember. So for people out there listening Google Procopio, P-R-O-K-O-P-I-O, I think it's spelled. Uh, v Wilkie. Uh, it will tell you everything you need to know he about be,
1: that. You must be from the Isle of Crete. <laughs>
2: Google, Google it up, and knowledge is power, folks. So.
1: Yeah. Procopio well, versus yeah. Wilkie. Hmm.
2: Procopio. That sounds
1: like a 50s presidential race.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I hope you know whoever's listening out there. I, ho- I hope I didn't. Uh, I, I fear I may have just confused you more on this new Appeals Modernization Act, I, and that was not my intent. But but it's important that that you understand all the all the twists and turns that this this new program could take, and and for the most part, it's to the benefit of a veteran. So. Uh, and I've said this on the show before. I, I would I would not advise a veteran to try to navigate that on their own. Uh, call me, call a, call another agent, call an attorney, call your your national service officer, call your VSO, um, and and gain knowledge about it. Read up on it because there's a lot of different twists and turns you can take, and there's deadlines involved. Don't miss those deadlines because because by filing the deadlines, the appeals. You protect that original data claim or, or, or the potential for the VA to compensate you back to the original data claim. You miss that deadline, uh, you win it after the deadline, then it's going to be effective the day you reopen the claim. So you miss out on a lot of back thing.
0: Yeah, don't mess your deadlines, that's for sure.
1: So I uh, like the interest company disappearing deductible, call it disappearing retro. <laughs> Yeah. In, yeah, insurance
0: companies call it depreciation. As you get older, you, thinking, you depreciate.
1: How do you think the VA? Who do you think the VA hires to do claims? I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, One thing I did hear that uh, well, well, it could pertain to veterans that Social Security was talking about that if you went in the hospital and did a Medicare claim, you know, uh, you couldn't just turn around and go back to the hospital under Medicare. They only paid once. You, in a day or two, if something happened, you had to go back in. The VA, I mean, uh, Social Security only pays once. So that's going to be problematic to a lot of veterans, because I know veterans that got out of the hospital and then, then a day next day be back in there with pneumonia yeah, or something. I,
2: I, I, I can't imagine if there isn't a, a, I mean, if there's a medical need, regardless of the time space, that Medicare should still cover that. If that's the case, it just makes it even more important to have a supplement to your to your Medicare. That's for sure.
0: Uh, that's uh, that can be problematic for a lot of veterans because uh, I know you can go in the hospital for one thing, and you're lucky to get out of there without having pneumonia. So uh, now, then turn around and have to it, go back.
1: Look at it this way, Gerald. If you're a disabled vet, your only source of income is Social Security and the VA, and you go in the hospital, and Medicare don't pay it. Don't worry about it. You're protected. You going not have to pay it either.
0: Well, that's true. We can they can't to see it. you. Sort of.
1: As they say uh, New York, yeah, don't worry about it. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah, move to New York or California. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in line with the illegals.
2: So, so John, uh, what you're saying is the VA will take care of everything for you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
1: oh
2: yeah. That's it. Uh, checks in the mail, yeah. John. <laughs>
1: Well yeah, but, like but seriously at
2: all if you do it right and to be honest, I knock on wood, I'm still pretty healthy but but the main reason I check in with the VA Medical Center twice a year is just because of the fact that i don't carry I'm a private business I don't carry health insurance. I rely on the VA medical center if anything comes up but but I visit there twice a year because if I have an emergency outside the VA Medical center. I get triaged and stabilized, they transfer me to the VA medical center. Everything should be covered. And, and, and that that's written in law. So as, as long as you get transferred to the VA medical center in a suitable amount of time, the VA medical center is supposed to cover uh, your ambulance bill. They're supposed to cover the, the, the bill it took to get you stabilized. Right. Uh, and I even got it written in my my, my personal effects that if I'm, if I'm not yeah. capable of handling these decisions, that, that uh, any bills should be covered by the VA Medical Center. I make sure my next weekend knows that. You know, that's a really good point.
1: Now, a lot of vets don't know this, but a lot of veterans get admitted to a hospital, say they have a heart condition or something serious, and the ambulance responsibility is to take you to the nearest hospital.
2: And that's, that's what they have to do.
1: There's a lot of veterans out there that went to the nearest hospital and they said, well, let's get the VA to pay for it, even though they had Medicare, and Medicare paid their hospital bill. They still got stuck with a 20% bill. Well, this somebody actually sued and won, yep. and this just happened last year, and the VA has to pay that 20%. Did you, did you know that? Yep. So, yeah,
2: and that's the other caveat about that, John, is, is that – to get the VA Medical Center to cover it, you, you have to uh, – what, what they have written is, is, is one of the tenets is that you don't have any other health insurance. Now, what they don't account for, as you just pointed out, was, was the Medicare. You know, Medicare covers 80% and we cover the 20%. Well, your, your mm-hmm. argument is valid, and they sued. The VA Medical Center has to cover that 20%, assuming uh, mm-hmm. that that veteran doesn't have a supplement.
1: All right. Now, you know that if you get issued, if you get, say if you have an emergency and get sent to a hospital like that, now, you are required, hey, you or somebody in your family, to contact the VA. And even mm-hmm. if it's on a weekend, you have to contact the VA and talk to the acting AOD, the person in charge over the weekend, and give them the yep. details. Or the VA will yep. refuse to pay it. And I've seen them do it several times, even to get good people. So...
2: Vets, remember yep. that. Remember keep, that term, I AOD, keep, especially on a weekend. I, I keep my card right in my wallet. Um, I tell my girlfriend, my next kin, whoever finds out about me first, make sure you tell them, I'm a veteran, I'm enrolled at the VA Medical Center. You make sure that once I'm triaged, once I'm stabilized, that I get transferred to the VA Medical Center. Otherwise... Uh, you rack up tens of thousands of dollars if you if you if you hang out in the hospital for, for an extended period of time. Oh yeah. I got a good friend of mine. I got
1: a good friend of mine who has got a frequent flyer card at the hospital. He's in it several times a year and every time he goes in to thank someone in Arkansas they call up and say, Hey, we want to transfer you down here and the guy says, Hell no. <laughs> 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 uh, <yeah. laughs> hey.
2: Hey Gerald, I don't know if it, 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 hey, <laughs> Gerald, it, I, I don't know if we get if we get cut off after a period of time here, um, but I'm just gonna no. it would be okay to throw my name, my my email and phone oh, number out there before ahead, we Oh, go Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah I'll g- give us your information.
2: Yeah, y- any listeners out there listening now or listening to me later on a podcast? You can email me at benefitsagent at Comcast dot net. That's benefits plural, agent At comcast.net or give me a call at area code 651, uh, Minnesota area code 651 303 3062. 651
0: 303 3062. Thanks, guys, for letting me get that in there. Oh, yeah, we'll do it again, too, before we get off. I'm showing 25
1: minutes if I'm saying right. Okay. but, we have we have certain guests that, get, that are afforded special privileges there, Mr. D'Ole. They said, don't worry about the time.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I never had it before, so I must have passed some sort of hurdle that gets it to me now. Well, so you passed you the I, uh, we had a
0: It only took me drawing. five years. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Your name came up. So we said, yeah. well, let's let him stay a little longer.
2: <laughs> I won the booby for took me five years.
1: <laughs> It took me five
2: years <laughs> to do it correctly.
1: <laughs> it took me five years to pass you guys. Lost the I keep going I That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we got
0: to keep the junkyard dog on there. Perk, perk, perk. But, but, yeah. uh, no, that's some good information you've been giving out here, John. Dog on it. Uh, that's really good. But I wanted to warn people about this Social Security and Medicare. I was hearing about that on the news, and I thought, oh, my lands, that's going to put a hurt on a lot of veterans. Uh, it's, you know, if, if you're 100%, of course, you can always go to a VA hospital. Uh, too bad you can't go in under a assumed name, but They won't let you do that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't like to go near one myself. Uh, Last time I went in a VA hospital, I stubbed my toe on a marshmallow, and I never have got over it. Yeah, and the janitor's still on the pit.
1: But, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> at
0: least he's still working. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's, uh, you know, it takes a lot to keep up with all this new stuff. Uh, we got the claims process changing around on us. and and uh, new laws coming out, like the Blue Water Navy, I mean, they are new decisions, which could be really good for the Blue Water Navy, let's hope. And uh, now they're playing with Social Security, uh, Medicare. Uh, pretty soon they're going to make us uh, colorblind names in our tombstones. I-, I don't know what's going on here. Uh but uh anyway we just try to keep people on the best we can. And
2: well in 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 I think Gerald what, what I try to do is, is 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 not muddy the waters too much. It's just I mean you could you could crunch down a minutiae of all the woulda coulda might'a shoulda's of the VA and what you do in this case, what you do in that case, but but every case is different. But the broad brush strokes, which is really changing the landscape, is the Appeals Modernization Act, uh, previously uh, uh, the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, previous to the Appeals Modernization Act, those are the two of the biggest changes. Uh, And it's overhauling the appeals process altogether. And I know people they don't like change and, and the whole thing, but that that old legacy VA appeals process was awful. I mean, it was, no, it just,
0: was awful. Yeah.
2: Th- th- just the wait. I mean, if, you if wait for uh, change,
0: appeals process. I'm glad to see yeah. it happen, and really, I got my fingers, I have my fingers crossed, uh hoping that uh it's going to work out for the better on veterans. uh I uh, certainly do.
2: Well, I think it's bearing fruit already. No, 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 no uh, program is, is is perfect with the VA, but um, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it bear fruit quite a bit with a lot of my clients. And, and it, like I said, it's not a perfect system. I, I see some of these ramp appeals coming out and AMA appeals coming out, and, and they're they're god awful. They're just god awful, and you wonder. How this adjudicator keeps their job, um, but but as I said before, um, if you know the right people to email, and the right people to call within the VA regional office, if you're respectful and, and you explain it to them and say, hey, this is what we got, this is what I'm seeing in VBMS, this is what your adjudicator did, I've got an issue with it. This is why I have an issue with it. Would you would you might have a coach look at it? I've never had a director, assistant director, not do it. And I never approach them unless I've got an ironclad case. I mean, if it's wishy-washy, yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't run to the director every time you have a wishy-washy case. It's, you just can't. Uh, you got to play ball and, and use the appeals process. But if you've got something that's obviously wrong, I'm pleased to report that most regional offices will reverse that decision on the spot, uh, But but they're sharp. You know those, those those coaches and droves and, and directors. I mean, veteran service center managers. They're sharp. I mean, you're not going to pull the wool over their eyes. You, you better have your ducks in a row when you when you approach them.
0: Well, that's true, and uh, uh, you know it, it's a good thing you have those capabilities. You can pick up the phone, call them, and say. You know, this could save us a lot of lost time here, and you guys a lot of work <laughs> overall. Yeah, so yeah. I could see the benefit. And to the VA, it's a benefit. So you're you're doing a double service, one to your, your uh, client you're representing, and the other one to the VA.
2: It saves yeah, them right. a, a lot
0: of lost time.
2: I, I just tried that very same saying with the, the Saint Petersburg B regional office, as you just said, Gerald. You know, we can save ourselves a lot of time. We can clear this up right now, or I can appeal it and drag it out and win it two years down the road. And uh, it fell on deaf ears at Saint Petersburg, so it, it, it doesn't always work. Um, but uh, I, I, I've always had an issue with that particular regional office, anyway. But for the most part, they are coming around. But uh occasionally it's 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 difficult with that regional office so if you're in the saint Pete area or if you've got a decision coming out of the saint pete regional office uh go over it closely get your mic get your magnifying glass out and go over that decision closely because there's some there's some interesting decisions still populating out of that regional office so well yeah.
0: Uh You know not all of them's going to work with you naturally. You'd think the v a would be more uniform across the country than they are but uh that I don't think that's ever going to happen uh, so you just have to work with what you have to work with, and if they'll work with you, that's all the better If they won't, you just have to do something
2: else. <coughs> And, and, and for the most part, like I said, even St. Pete, I, I get some good flexibility from them. But it just goes to show that uh, uh, they don't—they don't always listen. And, and, and you can't beat them over the head. Uh, you just have to go through the appeals process. But for the most part, like I said, if if you approach them respectively and, and you have your ducks in a row, um, it's going to work out. And, and, and that goes with any. Any veteran service officer, I, I know a lot of my colleagues are, are just as sharp and and dedicated as I try to be, and so um, you know it's really a team effort between advocates and the VA. As far as I'm concerned, trying to accomplish the goal and, and get veterans paid.
0: Well, if the advocates give the VA good feedback and and help point these discrepancies out, uh, it it seems to me. Uh, That uh, you know, anyone worth their salt working in the VA is is uh, will be very appreciated because it
2: it helps them,
0: it helps them, and and it helps uh, the veteran.
2: Gerald, I'm on a list of of attorneys and agents throughout the country on an email list that that uh, when 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 certain regional offices uh, have important news to get out there, they mass email us. And so that, that, that's, that's something that I appreciate. But, but uh, one thing that I found interesting is, is Inspector General for the Department of Veterans Affairs and, and the other uh, uh, individuals within the regional offices that judge the, uh, the process and, and the expertise and, and the the success rate and the output of work—it's uh, all in-house. They seem to judge it amongst themselves. Uh, I, I have always advocated that uh, if, if, if these VA officials want a, a good variable on how their regional offices are doing, uh, contact the uh, the larger law firms out there that represent veterans. Contact the agents such as myself who are on that email list I, I put out there before. Send us a survey. Call us. You know, how, how's Louisville Regional Office doing? How's the St. Paul via Regional Office doing? Do you have anything you want to say, good or bad? Not one time has anyone ever called not me? very good. And Yeah, I know <laughs> what you feel about Louisville. But I've <laughs> talked to my peers, and none of my peers have ever mm-hmm. been contacted. And I, I put this out there before on, on LinkedIn. Uh, 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 Undersecretary uh, uh, Lawrence is, is, is active on LinkedIn. And, uh, um, you know, I, I sent out a reply to one of his uh, uh, posts, and they said, you know, it was a long report. He said, you know, if you paraphrase it, I basically said, you know, if you guys really want a variable on how your regional offices are doing or how the Department of Veterans Affairs are doing, contact the advocates out there, the, the advocates that are out there every day doing it full time, because mm-hmm. I've never been contacted. I, I, I could give them good information, good and bad. I'll be straight with them. I'll tell them what regional offices are good and what aren't good, and specific people too. Yeah. But she was. You know, I, a was, to tell
0: I was thinking about contacting him and asking him to come on the broadcast here.
1: <laughs> uh, I haven't done
0: it yet. I've got his phone number.
2: Well, uh, you should
1: sure. shoot a message. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Ask him not to do uh, me.
1: Yeah.
2: But, but he's no, gotta I be have prepared, to do right? that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you want to hold him in respect. He is the undersecretary, so hopefully, you know, we, we want to oh, pick yeah. on him. But
0: uh, yeah, he's a
2: politician, big time. Though he, you know, he he says all the right things, and but but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know he if does, anyone would uh, want to hold his feet to the fire. I I I wouldn't mind doing it. You know, it'd be nice it, if we had a forum too. Uh, yes, uh, uh,
0: he. Cool. I've read up on him and he does a lot of uh uh speeches to different organizations about veterans affairs and I thought, boy, it'd be nice to have on here.
1: And uh, hey, I keep an idea, thinking John. I'm mm-hmm.
0: gonna do it.
1: But there's an idea, John. Let's uh what's but, that? you got you got a bunch of, you, I, I have an idea. You've got a bunch of advocate guys that you discussed stuff and have had chats with over the country, right? I mean, you know, other folks that you've got advocates and people that you deal with every day, and you know, cause yeah. you guys got to have a certain network. I mean, you can't be lost in the fog. What mm-hmm. I propose is using this format and go ahead and get a bunch of them together and have like a have like a monthly meeting so, you know, between advocates and just discuss general issues and keep the news out there. And we can use the same format we have now, and I can go. I can go up two hours. If That would be interesting. I could even.
2: You let me know. We could. Yeah. Yeah. If if it was the well, proper setting, um, I can yeah, probably bring in. A, I've got a couple advocates out there that that might be willing to 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 come in and, and talk, and even from the VA side. Um yeah, I, I, I bet yeah. I could scurry some people up, but uh, you know that's that's always got to be. Uh, you know, they got to get approval for that. We'll keep it positive.
1: We'll keep it positive. We'll have no negativity about it. And basically, what we'll do is we'll go through. You know, we have a we'll have a line of them. You know, certain issues discussion. You know, and maybe we can get some news out there. Uh, certain things like maybe claims backlog and appeals backlog, things like that. Just inform everybody. You know, you'll see improvement. You know, over a period of time, things like that. Maybe once every month, mm-hmm. two, three months, you know. It's, I mean, that would be a pretty good deal. And I, I want to tell you what, you will get a lot of people listening. Oh, yes. Uh, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, yep. I'll be put on my professional radio voice for that one, so. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, high, we yeah. could. If, we, if could, we had a uh, moderator like you or Gerald, yeah, uh, that posed yeah. certain questions and like a forum, you could uh, I could be on it. Yeah, uh could. we could have maybe maybe John Brown, never John Brown. He could be on it.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, John Brown's good. Yeah, yeah,
2: and he's still out there. And and maybe uh, I could have somebody that I know call in. Uh, a couple, there's a couple mm-hmm. law firms out there that I work with sometimes. Just mm-hmm. just shooting the shit, you know. But uh, um, I got it.
1: Yeah, I got no, a ringer okay. I could
2: bring in too. I got a
1: couple of guys that are really, really, really knowledgeable about the VA inside process because they retired from the VA. And they're really sharp. Yeah. So we could actually, you know, there we you get go. everybody together, you know, and we can, you know, have like a news show. Uh, we could do pointed questions. Uh, you know, we could moderate. And uh, that'd be a pretty good deal. It would get be Paul a good Lawrence, deal.
0: Yeah. It would be a very informative uh, show. Yeah. And then let them know that, uh, you know, we're interested in what they're doing, and and we are uh, very serious about helping make the system better, uh, Mm -hmm. function better for the VA, not only the VA, but for the veterans.
1: I'll have to bring up somebody in the House
2: Veterans Committee.
1: uh, Yeah, and you've you've got
2: a female attorney that that, that does a a guest spot. uh, in, in Missouri yeah. there, too. I can't remember her name, but, but she seems pretty good, too. She's pretty sharp. Oh, uh, Turner, what's her name? Uh,
0: Turner, uh, yeah, name. Elizabeth Turner. Elizabeth. She's Turner. Gonna be Turner, yep. On yep. Next, Elizabeth's going to yep. be on next week. She's doing yep. that uh, yep. uh, class action suit on uh, uh, earplugs, the defective earplugs, and we're going
1: to do yep. a show on to her. that next she, week. She
2: seems... She seems pretty sharp. I think she'd be good. She, she's that very nice does, to
1: hey, me. That little gal's she, like an octopus to a rowboat, buddy. She's got so many oars in the water, it's unbelievable.
0: Yes, <laughs> she does.
1: She can tell. She's
0: got four horses, and, and uh, she only does pro bono. Uh, her husband is, a, uh, I think he's a disabled veteran, and... Uh, uh, so she said she just couldn't, didn't feel right about charging veterans, and she wants to do a pro bono and she's program, and she has uh, several attorneys working with her now, and they're they're getting their their act together. It's a really nice yeah. deal. I'm glad to see it.
2: That's true. That's true. Well, I guys, I gotta go. Um we went well, we went a long time this time. It was a good show. Um but, oh, yes? uh, have me well, on again. Have me on again. Okay. So, well you still so.
0: got seven minutes left. That'll cost you, uh, John.
2: We'll have oh, to knock that I... off your
0: <laughs> we'll have knock that off your next show.
2: <laughs> well, the fact is is there's just <laughs> nothing else to talk about, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think we've, I can, we've solved all the what, I, Well, I can squeeze another seven minutes out. What do you guys want to talk about? Just throw it out there. You want to talk about the weather? You want to talk about want to talk the Minnesota Vikings or what? You want to talk about the sports or what?
0: Uh, i I I mentioned the wall, but we'd be shut down if we did that. Let's talk about relocating
1: the Florida, John. You ready to go? Yeah, relocating the what? Relocating to Florida? You want to go? <laughs> oh, I think
2: yeah. You know, might have to go I, to St. Uh,
1: you might need to I'm show up at St. Pete office, uh, there, the regional office. Yeah, I think you think they they
2: go be down there. Case. Just, Last time I was there, I was getting some interesting looks. So I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, think I've got a bit of a reputation out there that that uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe you I'm giving myself just, too much you, credit. You gotta go to the beach and get a tan first, okay? You gotta mix in. Yeah. Well, they already know I'm up north by the way I look. I know. Yeah, I, get a I or something yeah. like that. So. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so no, I uh, um, I enjoyed Florida. I've um, been down there a couple times for some hearings, and and they've always turned out successful, and and uh, for the most part. Uh, um, St. Pete has been pretty good, but but uh, I, just, I think they still have some growing to do, and of course the ongoing battle with Louisville and and uh, and so. But uh, yeah, there's some good regional offices out there, and you know I, I always like to talk about the good ones, and you know continue to have success out of Waco and St. Paul and and San Diego. And those three are pretty good, and but but then you know we have some issues with Winston Salem and. And, uh, oh, um, I got, St. Pete.
1: I got lucky at one yanked out of Louisville. I got one yanked out of Louisville.
2: Oh, yeah, I you got your own?
1: Yeah.
2: Your own case? Now in Seattle. It's
1: in Seattle, Seattle,
2: Washington, Seattle huh?
1: huh? Yeah.
2: Well, that's not the worst. <laughs> no, it's actually well, yeah. pretty decent, so. They got that yeah, national so, work, queue, so, you know, so if, in the day, yeah. your regional office was the area you lived in, but and you know, they got that national work queue, so it could be anywhere.
1: Well, we need to discuss with the fact cards. how are building regional offices in between two vacuum cleaner plants. The whole block sucks. <laughs> well,
2: one way to get it at your own... One yeah. way to get it at your own... I was just going to say, guys, if you, have, if you live in a good regional office which, John, you don't. Obviously, you've made that clear. <laughs> but um, if, if you live in a good regional office and, and you want to get it back to your regional office, you ask for a personal hearing. Because if the VA does not expect you to travel to the regional office where your file is being held, they have to transfer it back to your own regional office. So for my Minnesota veteran... If my file if, if my Minnesota veterans, if their file is somewhere in the regional office I don't like and we think a personal hearing will help, uh it's a strategy I go by, strategic. So um that that's that's a little little tidbit. Does it go by
1: your closest VA regional office? Or is it the one yep. that's the one that's like you're assigned to? So Gerald, there goes your nope. plane to Muscogee, buddy. Yeah, it might
0: I don't that's know what you, I'm uh, gonna do with <laughs> my
1: at, yeah,
2: mail through the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Gerald. I mean, you uh, you you need to expedite it based on health. Um, and and uh, I don't know how old you are, but um, if if you're uh, at the Board of Veterans Appeals and you're 75 or older, they have to expedite it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your health is an issue, so they should expedite your case if, if they're not going to do that if you don't qualify for that. You may want to consider a higher level review under the AMA. AMA. That's, that's what I might discuss and with you if, if you were my client. And you,
1: you, you've got proof that actually works, don't you, John? Because uh, we had we had one client there that was, uh, I guess, he was ninety years old, and you got his, uh, I guess, you got his BVA hearing. What in ten days?
2: Who client was that? Was that a Is that a still? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Oh. Yeah, when he was with us, Um, yeah, we turned that around real quick. That was a weird case. Yeah, it was weird. He died just right around the time that we got him granted. He died two days. It was weird he he died two days after the decision.
1: Oh
2: man, we got we got the decision. He died. They paid him. Yep, he died. And then pulled it back Mm -hmm. because he died, and then we had to have it reissued (laughs) to to the widow. Um, Yeah, they tried. It it. got all worked They tried to pull it back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they tried yeah, to pull was, it back. Uh, she moved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
2: by the way, by the way, John, that case, I got new news on that. Uh, they finally got it pulled back out of. Um, you know, it well, it was stuck in the appeals management office. Well, stuck at mm-hmm. the AMC Appeals Management Office, and uh, um, I, I recently got it back to uh, Louisville. In fact, I was told I was going to have a decision today. I haven't yet. And Are going to pay the I rest of it? That I should. So I'm trying. I'm trying to... If you remember right, we're, we're contending that Still was entitled to a higher level of special monthly compensation when he died. Oh, yes, and he was. Technically, that would go that would go to the uh, uh, Emma, the widow, Gene. Um, he should have so had R1 or R2 the last Yeah. He should have well, had R1 or R2. Argument. R2, maybe not, but R1, that's the argument. Um, and yep. so if we win it, then they have to pay your, you know, your aunt uh, a boatload of money, the prior roll up in a wheelbarrow. Um, but if they don't, at the very least, um, I get it back out of Louisville. We get it up to the Board of Veterans Appeals, and, and decide from there. That's another interesting thing about this, uh, RAMP Appeals Modernization Act. That doesn't apply to widows, by the way, or dependents. It only applies oh. to veterans, which... Which isn't, you know, I mean, veterans, I guess, should be first. I get that. But, you know, the widows, I, I always thought that the ramp and the Appeals Modernization Act should apply to widows and widowers as well. But it doesn't, so.
0: Well, that's good to know. Uh, John, we're totally, we're getting close. Could you give your phone number again and your email? 651-303-3062. 651
2: 651-303- 303 3062 email is benefits agent at Comcast dot net benefits. That's a plural benefitsagent at Comcast dot net.
0: Okay, you just got it in. <laughs> All right. Hey guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John.
2: All right. See you later.
0: Bye. Bye. We're out of time, John.
1: You've been listening to the Hadit.com It.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Baster Show.